Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Scott Sandberg back here with you. It's the Look Ahead here on VCN, the Sports Betting Network, joined by James Alberino at Spread Investor on Twitter. And uh, we talked about the Super Bowl props, but James, while I have you here, we have to talk about the NBA. You've been absolutely locked in when it comes to the NBA. Make sure you're following James on Twitter and getting some great NBA nuggets and information and plays. Uh, the trade deadline. Your overall thoughts. Obviously, the biggest move of the day was James Harden for Ben Simmons um, and others between the Nets and the 76ers. Well, first off, this week, NBA favorites went on a tear. They were at 25-3 and three against the spread run at one point this week. The numbers right now, uh, starting on Saturday, so for the last six days, NBA favorites 37-5 and five straight up, 34-6-2 ATS. <laughs> these types of runs, these types of waves happen – Maybe a couple times a year where you'll get that one week, two week, not even two week, 10 day stretch, and you just have to ride the wave. Why is this happening so much in the NBA? Good teams aren't selling their players away at the deadline. Bad teams were. Well, then people say, well, that could happen every year at the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. The last year has been such unusual circumstances with COVID. Another COVID wave hit in December this year, which meant that teams now were losing guys left and right. And it affected their record. So teams who weren't really expecting to not be that good are saying, okay, let's let's make moves now and let's shift guys over. Um, that had a lot to do with it. I think um, who's really going to benefit from the deadline? A couple low-key moves. The Suns made a low-key move today that's going to help them. They got Torrey Craig back. Not a big name, but a really good defender that they had on the bench last year. That's someone that in the finals – you bring another guy off the bench that locks up a really good offensive player. I think the Suns are going to benefit there. Um, the Pelicans are going to be a team to to watch and, and to look to bet on the next couple of weeks because C.J. McCollum makes them a lot better. Herb Jones, they got a rookie that was drafted in the second round. He's as competitive as anything. He's playing way above his level. And Brandon Ingram, they have a good bench with Jose Alvarado. Keep an eye on them um, tomorrow. I really like the Wolves. The line hasn't come out. And let's overall talk about this. There's only three lines. It's 11 o'clock right now on the West Coast. There's only three NBA lines that have come out for Friday. There's a lot more than three games. (laughs) That's because the books right now are not really sure what to do with some of the trade deadlines. There's, There's information and there's rosters that haven't played together yet. It means that there's opportunity tomorrow. But the Wolves are going to be in a good spot tomorrow versus the Bulls. They'll probably be an underdog in Chicago. Yeah. 
I think so. I they 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 absolutely should be, and that's I don't know if they should be underdogs with the way that they're playing. Hmm. The Bulls the Bulls are going to be tested underneath. The Wolves have a lot of size. The Wolves have a better bench than the Bulls because of Caruso being out and Lonzo Ball. This is this is a game I could see the Wolves winning by a couple of possessions, and they're hmm. going to be getting points. Uh, what what do you make of the uh, well, obviously. The, the Bucks lost to the Suns, revenge spot for Phoenix uh, and you know from the NBA Finals. But the Bucks bringing in Serge Ibaka with the uncertainty of Brook Lopez and, and even if Brook Lopez comes back, it still gives them more bodies now. Uh, how does that addition help them? It definitely gives them another body off the bench. Look, Ibaka's not what he was on the Thunder years ago, so I don't, I don't think the, pay, the move is as good as it looks and sounds on paper, but definitely helps. I still think that the Heat are going to be the team to beat out of the Eastern Conference because they have so many pieces. And you look at tonight, the Heat went into New Orleans. Tyler Hero gets rolled out. Caleb Martin, one of their best defenders, gets rolled out right before the game. They win the game by double digits Mm -hmm. because they still have Bam, Jimmy, PJ, Kyle Lowry, Duncan Robinson, Max Strews. They have their system, and that's where the NBA is at this point. Their systems right now, the Miami Heat, the Suns, Memphis Grizzlies, the Warriors – System teams that have legitimate programs, 11, 12, 13 guys that all of them could play when they need to. Uh, yeah, and the Warriors losing to the Knicks is just inexcusable. That's, a, that's another story. Inexcusable. I didn't even, wa- I didn't even watch uh, the Knicks tonight. I had the Warriors in the first half, minus five. They're up seven. Julius Randle gets fouled with 14 seconds left in the first half. Makes two free throws. Because there was no pressure on him. It was, yeah, of course. Yeah, if, if this was the fourth quarter. He was missing and I had, he one was of two. Absolutely. <laughs> if this was the fourth quarter and I and the Warriors were five-point favorites and they were up five and Randall gets fouled, yep. he's absolutely missing one of two. But he makes both and then the Warriors hold for the final shot. Steph Curry misses the three and uh, I wound up pushing the five in the first half. Isn't it so ridiculous how... The expectations couldn't be lower for the Knicks right now, <laughs> and Julius Randle shines. He shines tonight because there's nothing expected yep. of him. It's I made this. I said Sigmund Freud would have a field day with Julius Randle <laughs> because he's a superstar. When there's no stands in Madison Square Garden, you have a playoff run now coming for the Knicks last year. He welts under pressure. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the segment when he said right after the Knicks game at the end of the regular season last year, New York, we here. Yep. I want to look at his stats from that line. Once he elevated the bar and actually said the Knicks are here, yeah. he has been a disaster. Agreed. Uh, the other team in New York, they get Ben Simmons hmm. now, who um, will play, we assume, yeah. for Brooklyn. Uh, I think it's addition by subtraction if we're being completely honest. I am very anti-James Harden. I've made no secrets about it over the years. I've bet against the Rockets in the playoffs, and I even sent a tweet out when the trade was announced for James Harden going to the Brooklyn Nets. I tweeted out, I can't wait to fade Brooklyn in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, look, last year, if Kevin Durant is, like, this much behind the three-point line, they advance as opposed to him being on the three-point line, mm-hmm. and we all saw what happened. Uh, but, you know, maybe they go they go to the NBA Finals, maybe they beat the Phoenix Suns, or maybe they're the champions, but they didn't, okay? This year, I, he's just not a winning player. He's not a championship player. He'll put up great numbers, 
He's a tremendous regular season guy, but he, to me, is not a championship player. I think the Brooklyn Nets got much better now they, they without did. him. This is going to be the least amount of shooters that Harden's had around him, maybe in his entire career. When he was with the Rockets, he had all guys are Eric Gordon. He had shooters everywhere. This is in, in Philly, trading Seth Curry away. They play a lot of Thibel. They play a lot of, uh, well, Tobias Harris is going to help. Um, Maxi. they're going to need Shake Milton to come back because outside of that, it's going to be a top-heavy offense. I'm excited to see him with Embiid in the pick and roll. That'll be great. Mm-hmm. Brooklyn, they're, they're trying to put Ben Simmons in the post. They're not going to put him with the ball in his hands. They're going to leave Kyrie controlling the ball, they're saying. So they say for right now. Maybe they let Ben Simmons run the point at points and and Kyrie plays the two. Here's the thing with Brooklyn. No one's talking about the egos now mixing all together. <laughs> you have Ben Simmons who can't take criticism. You have Kyrie Irving who doesn't change his stance on almost anything. Yep. So before all the NBA casuals start naming who's going to win the NBA title and all this while they're watching the NFL the last six months and never NBA, <laughs> how can you form chemistry in one and a half months and expect to win a title? Like, that's just taking an NBA title for granted. Bottom line out of all this, exciting day with Harden and the move. Neither of those teams are going to win the NBA championship this year. The Nets aren't winning it with Kyrie playing half the games, and the Sixers aren't winning it with Embiid and Harden building chemistry in a month and a half. And like you said, Harden, get him to game six. Yeah. Yep. Guy starts melting. Yeah, so I think it's a two-team race in the Eastern Conference. It's the Bucks and the Miami Heat. And we're looking at the board right now. The Nets, we saw the, the Heat odds got better after this trade. The Heat, this is going to fuel the Heat. I'm telling you, the Heat, if you haven't bought into this team already, this is going to fuel them even more because less people are going to be talking about the Heat to win the East. And now everyone's going to come out especially now that football's done it. Oh, the Nets and yeah. the Sixers are going to win the East, and the Heat are going to do what they do like they did tonight and like they've done all season. The Heat, I like the Heat to win the East. That's the best ticket to win the Eastern Conference right now. Are the Suns the best team in the NBA? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I can't wait. I think it's Suns, Heat, NBA Finals. If we get that, man, we're in for, we're in for really, really good playoffs. I, I've been talking about a placing a future in the NBA market. Now, I already have Jaron Jackson, Defensive Player of the Year, got it at 65 mm-hmm. to 1. The guy's sitting here at 7 to 1 now, okay? So, and the uh, guys above him, Rudy Gobert and Draymond Green, they're out. Not playing. So, it's between Jaron Jackson mm-hmm. Jr. and Giannis. So, we're hoping let's go Jaron Jackson mm-hmm. Jr. Along those lines though, Taylor Jenkins for coach of the year is at plus 650 right now. I know that Monty Williams is going to win the award. The Suns are incredible, and he's going to win the award because he should have won it last year. Yeah. No offense to Tibbs, and you know I'm a Knicks fan. You know, like, no offense to Tibbs. He's not the coach of the year this year. <laughs> Certainly not this year. But Monty Williams should have won the award last year. So he's going to win it this year. But look at what the Memphis Grizzlies are doing. Every night Put they some play respect hard. on Every their name. Night. Every night they play hard. They're third in the, in the West right now. Uh Better than the Jazz. The Jazz were supposed to be the number two or number three team behind Warriors and Suns. The Grizzlies, and they play hard every single night. Looking for an angle on the Grizzlies, they start out strong. First half. We've been playing the first half the last couple nights with them. It doesn't matter the number. They laid seven tonight in the first half versus the Magic. They were up by 15, which was really, it should have been Mm -hmm, mm 24-25. The Magic went on a a 
flaky run at the at the end of it. That's going to be um, an interesting game, uh, Grizzlies Hornets on Saturday, but it'll be the second night of a back to back for, for the, Hornets. the Hornets. Yeah, it's in Charlotte, right? It's in Charlotte. Yep. Yeah, that'll be interesting. You might get a decreased number on Memphis just because of uh, respect yeah, for the gotta, Hornets. You got to play. You got to play the Grizzlies. Yeah. The Grizzlies are so you gotta good. Play the, they're they're. And their pace and they're, is so they're fun to watch. They're fun to watch because <laughs> they play out in certain transitions so much. So, whatever number they're laying, mm-hmm. usually they're within striking distance at any point because they're just getting out and running and putting up points fast. He's James Alberino. You follow him on Twitter at Spread Investor. I'm Scott Seidenberg. It's the look ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, BetRivers has you covered. BetRivers has launched a series of CityCasts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are CityCasts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcasts. Scott Sadenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. My thanks to James Alberino joining me in studio. We broke down the prop bets for the Super Bowl. And then, of course, talking about uh, the NBA and the trade deadline and everything that went down here on Thursday as we look ahead to the schedule for the weekend. Got some interesting games coming up uh, on Friday. There's uh, not a lot of lines out as the books are going to be adjusting to the new rosters and to just what to make of these teams right now. Uh, Timberwolves at the Bulls is one to watch per James. And then on Saturday, you got the uh, Grizzlies at the Hornets. I'm very, you know, guys know I love this Grizzlies team. Uh, and then the Nets are at the Heat. So going to try and ride this wave of uh, the Miami Heat and uh, maybe see if the Nets make it, what, 11 straight losses? I mean, this team's going to have to win sooner or later, right? Uh, then you have the... Saturday primetime game on ABC. It's like the first uh, Saturday that they'll start to do this now. Lakers at the Warriors. The Warriors have lost two straight games. And I don't think they've done that all season long. They've never... Oh, they did. They lost two straight... Actually, multiple times. They lost two straight uh, at Dallas 
and at New Orleans. And they followed that up with a win against Cleveland. Then they lost to Memphis and Milwaukee. Followed that up with a blowout win against Chicago. Uh, And then now they just lost two straight here at Utah and home against New York, which means I think they followed up with a blowout win against the Lakers. Uh, that's that's prob- that's the pattern, is they follow up two losses with a win and a cover, pretty much. I'm Scott Sadenberg. Hit me up on Twitter, at Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Let's continue to go through the prop market portfolio and everything that is going down in this game and what we think is actually going to happen. When it comes to Cooper Cup, and let's think about Cup here for a second. The Offensive Player of the Year has had just an absolutely tremendous season, and he is the third favorite to win the MVP. His yardage prop total is at, what is it, 1-0... Was it 105, 102? It was at 105. Well, 105.5 for Cooper Cup. And there's no doubt that he has taken his game to a different level since Matthew Stafford came here this season. And I think that Cooper Cup, what makes him so good is his ability to break off of routes. And the Rams kind of give him that freedom to break off of his route and find space. They also do a very good job of moving him around the line of scrimmage. Sometimes they uh, put him, and this is actually like when they do this, they put him behind a receiver. Like, you know, like he's standing directly behind his teammate. And what the reason for doing that, it's not teams getting cute. It's not like hiding anything. Like everyone knows he's there. But when he's behind a player on the line of scrimmage, the defenders can't jam him at the line of scrimmage, right? Because there's a player in front of him. So the player in the front runs his route, and then Cooper Cup runs his route, and it allows Cup a free release because he can't get jammed at the line of scrimmage. And that formation is is the formation that he was in, I believe, when he caught one of his touchdowns against the 49ers. And so... Whether it comes to um, Cooper Cup and his his ability to take over the game, or I think 105.5, it's high, but it's not high for Cooper Cup. The receptions is probably a little high at 8.5, although for Cooper Cup, it's not too high at 8.5. I think where I would go with Cooper Cup is to... Take him, well, he's minus 190 to score a touchdown. But he's plus 250 to have two touchdowns. And 
it's very doable that Cooper Cup does have multi-touchdowns. If you were going to pick any player in this game to have two touchdowns, it would probably be Cooper Cup. So to take a flyer on that, probably, you know, you wish it was higher and other players have higher odds, but not a terrible bet. Uh, Cooper Cup to have a touchdown in both halves is plus 600. That's kind of uh, uh, fun for there. Um, but I, I would want a piece of Cup in some respect in this game. He's still at plus 600 to be the MVP. And when it comes to the Rams, it's it's different than the Bengals. For the Bengals, there's nobody else that is winning the MVP than Joe Burrow. It's just it's not going to happen. There's nobody that is going to win the MVP if the Bengals win besides Joe Burrow. But for the Rams, Stafford is obviously the guy, but there could be a path, and it's probably easier for a guy like Cooper Cup as opposed to just any other wide receiver, even someone as talented as Odell Beckham Jr. And the reason being is that Cooper Cup has been the record-breaking you know, MVP conversation wide receiver. He won offensive player of the year. You could have made an argument that he was in the running for the MVP of the entire league. Forget about offensive player of the year. And Cooper Cup is possible to be, uh, to get, I should say, a record performance in this Super Bowl. And that's going to be what it's going to take for him to win the MVP over his quarterback. Because think about this. Most receiving yards in a game, Jerry Rice had 215. That's a lot. 215. Most receptions in a game, 14. James White, Patriots, Falcons. I think Cooper Cup could get 14 receptions, could get 15 catches, and maybe could get 215 yards. And yes, I know if that's the case, then Matthew Stafford at least has thrown for 300, maybe even 400 yards. But if we're talking about Cooper Cup, having a game where, let's say he doesn't have the 15, or whatever, we're going to give him the 15 catches. 15 catches, 220 yards. He breaks the record for both receptions and yards in a Super Bowl. Matthew Stafford finishes with 400 passing yards and three touchdowns. Who are you giving the MVP to? The quarterback that had 400 yards and three scores, or the receiver that broke the records? I think you give it to the receiver that broke the records. And it's, you know, we've the last time we had a receiver win the award was Julian Edelman a couple of years ago. And that's actually the last time that we had a non-quarterback win was Julian Edelman. He had, a, he had 10 catches, 141 yards. Before that, Santonio Holmes won the MVP 
Nine catches, 131 yards, and a touchdown. Hines Ward won an MVP. Five catches, 123 yards, and a touchdown. Deion Branch an MVP. 11 catches, 133 yards. Those numbers are all very doable for Cooper Cup. And so I might want to just get a piece of the cup pie and place a little bit on him to be the MVP. That'll be my way to get a little bit of the Cooper Cup action. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Coming up next, we'll get the insights from uh, Pamela Maldonado from Yahoo Sports. Will join join us here on the program. See what she thinks about the props and for the game side and total. Coming up next here on the Look Ahead here on VCN, the Sports Betting Network. This is the Look Ahead on VCN, the Sports Betting Network. Do you have questions about betting the Super Bowl? Wondering about how to hedge, or maybe you're looking for unusual props or insights from one of our hosts? Well, the VSIN Big Game Help Desk is here for you. Submit your questions at vsin.com slash Super Bowl. And it can be answered by our experts on the air or on vsin.com. Scott Sadenberg back here with you. It's the look ahead here on vsin, the sports betting network. Joined now by Pamela Maldonado from Yahoo Sports as we continue. Our Super Week coverage leading up to the big game on Sunday. Pam, thanks so much for giving us a couple of minutes here. How invested are you? I'm asking every one of our guests the same question. How invested are you in the prop market for this game? I only have less than a handful of props. I don't love this game. It's not a game that it like excites me and gets my juices flowing, but I do love still analyzing the game and breaking it down as much as I can, but I'm really sticking to like high conviction plays and I'm not going to do things for fun and like, Oh, it's going to be like a good Sunday. I really want to make sure that I love the bet that I'm making because after that, there's no more football and I'm not going to have an opportunity to gain any of these back. And I also want to feel good about Sunday. So if I lose a few bucks, hey, that's cool. And if I win some bucks, that's awesome. Um, but yeah, I'm not like investing in like a big bankroll into this or anything. Mostly I just want to have some fun and enjoy the day. So what props have you locked in already? Well, the one that the first one that I did as soon as the game was over and okay, we knew who the Super Bowl uh, matchup was going to be. I locked in Evan McPherson over one and a half field goals. Um, yep. Kind of a lock in my mind. How could you not have? How could that have not been the first bet that anybody made? I mean, he's twelve of twelve in the postseason, and when you have somebody with his confidence, where he just looks to a teammate and says. Well, I guess we're going to the championship game <laughs> and then does a game winning field goal. How could you not feel comfortable about putting your money on him? Uh, he, I did also like the over seven and a half points, but I'm sticking also with the over one and a half field goals. Yep. I'm on it. I'm on the over one and a half field goals for McPherson. I'm also on the longest field goal of the game over 47 and a half. Uh, do you think that, cause I do that the confidence that he has and the confidence that the te- that the coach has in him plus I do think there might be an opportunity where the Bengals do get stalled around the 30s. And in Mm -hmm. a game of this magnitude, both of these guys, just because they're young, doesn't mean that they're super aggressive. I don't think that we're going to see, you know, Zach Taylor say, okay, 
we're going to go for it on fourth and three at the 35-yard line. I think he's going to say, hey, McPherson, go get me three points. <laughs> Absolutely. There's teams where you 100%, you can tell, that they don't trust their kicker. So they're going for it. On, they're going for that extra point. They're doing another play instead. They're trying to avoid the kicking because maybe they don't have that confidence. But this is not that team. The Bengals definitely are 100% behind McPherson. He himself has the confidence. The team has the confidence around him. I would say, if anything, they have more confidence in their kicker right now than they do in their offense putting up seven points. <laughs> so <laughs> at any point in the game, 100%, you can we can have a Justin Tucker moment where, oh, you're past the 50, no problem. Go out there and do it, McPherson. I mean, he had a long, he had a 54 long already against the Titans. He's had a 58 long against Denver. So, yeah, I mean, that's a great number to grab. Um, I wouldn't put it past him that they are put in a situation like that. And then they have the trust in their kicker to get it done. Yeah. Or, and listen, you could always have an end of the half scenario where you put him out there and try to kick a long one. Same thing for Matt Gay. I mean, it's end of the half, nothing to lose, final play, whatever. So there's a, a multitude mm -hmm. of scenarios where this prop could cash. Um, what about any plus money props that you've uh, put your eye on? Yes, my favorite one, I actually named it my best bet for the week, which is scary because plus money bets, they should probably not be best bets, but it's definitely my favorite one up on the board. And it's the Bengals to win the third quarter at plus 160. More so, this is kind of like a value grab because some of the other books, they have it at plus 120. And the BetMGM is a book that's offering plus 160. Mm. I mean, that alone is giving me a reason to like want to back it. But there's also really good uh, facts to back it up. So you have the Bengals, who are the number one third quarter defense in the entire NFL. In 20 games, they held opponents in 12 games to zero points. And that's including the last five of the six with the Raiders and the Chiefs in the playoff games. And I know that it seems like they're kicking like a lot of field goals. And <laughs> we just talked about McPherson, but they are actually outscoring their opponents in 15 of those 20 games as well. And the Rams defense, we know that they're absolutely stellar. That's why they're here. But they're stellar, except in the third quarter, coincidentally. Um, they're 26 in defensive scoring in the third quarter. And in 20 games, they allowed 11 opponents, seven points or more. So now you're giving me a defense in Cincinnati that is the best third quarter defense against one of the worst third quarter defenses. I definitely love the Bengals to come out with some plus money. And I'm grabbing it pregame because live, you may not get this value in a live game situation. If it just so happens that the Bengals maybe are up or tied, then you might get less value on it on the live line. I love it. And, and we've seen, yeah, I mean, it's fresh in our minds, the, them coming back uh, against the Chiefs, uh, them coming both times against the Chiefs and just how good this defense has been, not just the third quarter, the entire second half, the Bengals defense. Mm -hmm. I think it's third in the league this year in second half uh, points allowed. So they've just been tremendous uh, overall, and that's why, they ha that's why they are a team that is able to come from behind. Uh, any feel on the total for this game? It's at 48.5. Opened up, obviously, higher than that, and it went down, and uh, you know that there will be a lot of people that will be on the over because who, uh, who doesn't want to see it's points cool. in the Super Bowl? Absolutely. But I love totals. This is definitely one of my better strengths when it comes to football. And I love the under, even though you've lost some of the value from the opening line at 50 and a half, and it's now ticked down two points, to 48 and a half. 
I know people are going to say, I never like to get a worse number and I never like to share a worse number, but this is the number that we have. And I still like 48 and a half because you have two of the top 10 teams who are best in sacks. You have Von Miller and Aaron Donald, but they are absolutely going to put havoc on Joe Burrow. And we know that he can still scramble and he can get his way out of it. And he's still going to find Jamar Chase down there somewhere, <laughs> but it is still an opportunity here to keep the points low because I'm talking about the Bengals having the best third quarter defense. Well, the Rams have the best first quarter off. Offense. I mean, defense. So now you have two of the top five teams, top five defenses in a different quarter that are both of them have held opponents to zero points, either in the first or in the third. Well, if points are going to be limited and a premium, you're really only giving me two quarters of opportunities to score. And we're seeing that the Bengals, they're not really, they're getting downfield, but they're not converting those into touchdowns. They're more so going for field goals. So I definitely love the under 48 and a half. And if, hey, if it goes over, then so be it. But I feel comfortable laying the price. I feel comfortable laying, uh, laying getting the worst number at 48 and a half. I love the under. Where are you on the MVP market? Oh man, I'm going for. I went some of the longer shots. Like, I love it because I, I can't I, I decide. In, because I can't. I got two. I got three long shots. So I love it. Because I can't decide on who's gonna win. I love the total, but I really can't come up to a side because I can see this game being like 27-20 Rams. I can see it being 27-20, uh, like maybe not 27-24, but like you know 21-19 something like that mm -hmm. uh, to the Bengals. Like I can't decide who's gonna be the outcome of the winner, and because of that, I can't do either quarterback and if it is Stafford I mean I really don't think Stafford he can still throw an interception I don't think that's going to put him in the running for an MVP um, but I'm looking to Von Miller I think because he's already had this award before there have been a few people a few players who have won the award twice granted they were all quarterbacks yeah. but Von Miller he's already been in this spot he has more sacks in the postseason than Aaron Donald both of them can absolutely have a fantastic game you're going up against one of the worst offensive lines, a quarterback who has been sacked nine times in one game. It's going to be by a draw of the luck. So for that, I'm going to end up going to the one who has the longer shots, and that would be Von Miller. See, I'm going to play um, along the same lines, and it's the same philosophy for Von Miller and Aaron Donald, but at 150 mm -hmm. to one, Leonard Floyd. Oh, because okay. he could get those same numbers that Von Miller or Aaron Donald could get. And all the attention is on those other two guys. Like, the Bengals are going to have to double-team Aaron Donald at the line of scrimmage. They're going to have to have a running back or a tight end chip on Von Miller. And Leonard Floyd is just going to consistently be on one-on-ones. And if he gets the two sacks, maybe a strip sack, maybe a scoop and score, or if he drops back into coverage and gets a couple of pass deflections at 150-1, to one, I had to jump in on that. Well, if you're going for like such long odds, I mean, that's, that's a lot. That's an oh, that's like way out there. But if you're going for those long shots, then why not also look at Evan McPherson? If they do happen to win this game, like there's been a couple of games this season, including against the Chiefs, where Joe Burrow, they came back from behind and Joe Burrow is going to get the credit. But he actually had a really bad game in that second half. And it was Evan McPherson with his field goals who came back up to win the game. Burrow is getting them downfield. McPherson is the one getting the points up on the board. I'm very, so I'm very against like, that. I'm very against that, Pam. <laughs> so <And> I... <laughs> this comes down to like a game-winning field goal in the biggest game of the season, and it's some um, like 55, 58, 60-yarder, and it's McPherson who just like drills it between the two sticks. Um, yeah, I would probably want him look at Lynn. I know it's never happened before, yeah. but 
I mean, he's really good, and you're getting uh, 130 to 1. Yeah. I just look at Brady's first Super Bowl, Vinatieri with the game winner. We also had a tie law pick six in that game, and Brady won the MVP throwing for only 145 yards. As long yeah, as Joe right. Burrow doesn't fall down on his face, he's going <laughs> to win the MVP if the Bengals win. Pam, love the conversation as always. Uh, good luck with your Phoenix Open tickets as well, and good luck on Sunday. Thanks for having me. There she is, Pamela Maldonado from Yahoo Sports. Follow her on Twitter at PamelaM35. I'm Scott Sadenberg. It's a look ahead here on VSIN. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the look ahead on VSN, the sports betting network. Scott Sandberg back here with you, and you guys know that VSN is the best place to get all of the betting insights for the big game. Well, right now, you can sign up to get our free big game betting guide. This digital guide gives you trends, strategies, props to watch, and tips from our experts. Visit vcin.com slash Super Bowl to get your free guide and get ready for the biggest football betting action of the year. This is the look ahead here on vcin, the sports betting network, and wanted to continue to go down the prop portfolio. And talk about which ones that I actually want to stay away from. If that makes sense. For the Rams rushing props. First off, I think both of these teams are going to come out passing. I think the Bengals are going to come out passing because I think the Bengals are going to utilize the short, quick passing game to neutralize the Rams' pass rush. Get the ball out of Joe Burrow's hands quickly and use that passing game as like, an extension of their running game, right? I think they use the pass to establish the run as opposed to the other way around where teams are going to, you know, want to run, 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 and then use play action. I don't think that's the case here in the Super Bowl. I think the Bengals come out and they come out passing. And then you're going to have that set up Joe Mixon for later in the game. But for the Rams, I don't like any of their rushing props. Be, and and you look at it, and Cam Akers is at 64 and a half. Sony Michelle is up there as well. But the reason why I really don't like this is because 
the Rams will actually probably use a three-headed monster at running back. Daryl Henderson will play in this game. And I don't want to have any piece of a Rams running back when I don't know who's getting the carries. I absolutely think that they're going to spread out the carries amongst all three backs. So Akers could be the lead guy, and he'll get 10 to 14 carries. And then Sony Michelle is going to get a bunch. Daryl Henderson's going to get a couple. And honestly, I'm not a fan of the over on the rushing yards for Cam Akers. You know, maybe Sony Michelle because it's so low, and he's more of like an inside runner, and, and if the Rams have a lead late in the game and they want to hand the football off, but I do think Daryl Henderson gets involved as well. So I'm staying away from the rushing numbers here for the Bengals. I mean, for the Rams. And I know some people are like, well, why don't you just play the under on Cam Akers? I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I just want to stay. I just want to stay away from it. Okay, just want to stay away from it. The other ones I'm going to stay away from. Tight ends. I know that Uzama says he's going to play right, and and he feels fine. I know Tyler Higby wants to play. I'm st- staying away from them all. Just I don't want anything to do with the tight ends. If anything, maybe like a sprinkle on like a Kendall Blanton, right? Because we saw him emerge and really earn Matthew Stafford's trust in the NFC Championship game. But I want no part of either tight end for the Bengals with Uzama or Higby if he plays. I just don't know what I'm going to get. I don't know what the injuries and whatnot. I don't want, I don't want it. I just don't want it. I'm not going to play the under. Just don't want any piece of it. So, don't want any piece of the... Rams running backs don't want any piece of the tight ends. What else do I not want a piece of? I'm not sure. Because I want a piece of a lot of things. And I haven't played the number yet on this game. And I don't know if I'm going to. I do like the game to go over. I think we're getting points. I think both of these teams come out passing. And I think we're getting points scored in this game. And I can see it, you know, 27-24 is over. That's 51. It's over the 48 and a half. And that's a realistic score for this game. You know, I think 29-20 is a score for this game. 28-21 is a score for this game. And, you know, it, I might take a look at both teams. No, nah, I don't want to do that because I think field goals come into play. I was going to say both teams to score three touchdowns, but I don't, I don't want a piece of that. So I guess there's more on my I don't want a piece list. More would be, yeah, I don't want to do that because I do think that there, yeah, we could get some field goals come into play and then a couple of touchdowns, and that's how the Bengals get up to 20, or that's how the Bengals get up to 20 three or whatever, Um, but I do think the game goes over. I like the Rams to win. The number has actually gone down. It's at four now, and actually, I think William Hill and uh, Caesars have three and a halfs 
up on up on their boards. Money's obviously coming in on the Cincinnati Bengals. And if you look right now at the betting splits, and let's take a look here at the betting splits on vcin.com, we have, as of Thursday, 58% of the handle on the Bengals, 63% of the bets on the Bengals. So it's no wonder that the line is moving down. And could we see it go down even further? I still believe now the money line has stayed the same. It's at plus 170. You are better off betting Joe Burrow to win the MVP than betting the Bengals on the money line. Because you're going to get plus 225 on Joe Burrow to win the MVP. And I can't see it. I know that there is a chance. There's always a chance, right? And I would say maybe it's it's got to be greater than, it's got to be less than 90-10. So maybe 95-5. So there's 5% chance somebody other, probably even more than that, maybe 98-2, 2 chance that it's somebody other than Joe Burrow wins the MVP for the Cincinnati Bengals. I just can't see it at all. This is not happening. I'll repeat the same example that I just told Pam, and I've said it every single show this week, that when Tom Brady played in his first Super Bowl, he won the MVP throwing for 145 yards. Think about how little that is. 145 yards. And he was the Super Bowl MVP. Cooper Cup had, what, 142 receiving yards against the 49ers in the NFC Championship game. Tom Brady won the Super Bowl MVP throwing for 145 yards. It's all about the narrative. And the narrative around the Cincinnati Bengals is all about Joe Burrow. And if Joe Burrow, who wins the Comeback Player of the Year award, if he leads this team to the Super Bowl and wins the Super Bowl, he is the MVP of the game. I don't care what Jamar Chase does. I don't care what Trey Hendrickson does or Joe Mixon. Nobody but Joe Burrow is winning the MVP. If... The Bengals win the game. And the argument for everybody else that would say, oh, well, what what if this player has a game? You know, what if this player has a game? That would, it would, Joe Burrow would have to have a bad game combined with those guys do putting up good numbers. Like, okay, defensive player has a bunch of sacks or, you know, T. Higgins has, you know, two touchdowns and 130 yards, but, you know, Joe Burrow didn't really have a good game. He had a bad game. Honestly, this is such a dumb argument because if Joe Burrow has a bad game, the Bengals are losing. Joe Bur- the Bengals are not going to win if Joe Burrow doesn't have a good game. If he has two interceptions or three interceptions, they're losing this game. So if you think the Bengals win, 
bet Joe Burrow to be the MVP. That's your move. I'm Scott Sandberg. Hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Still have to hear from some great insights from some people talking about the Super Bowl, talking about the Bengals and the Rams, Joe Burrow and all of his accolades. And ultimately, we finalize the portfolio leading up to the big game. As we continue Super Week coverage here on The Look Ahead, here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.